0: Everybody, how you doing? Welcome to another edition of Extra Point Michigan. My name is Lauren Plant, this is Matt Mowry We are fresh off the games so we were covering tonight Scott Bernstein will be filling this seat in a little while uh, He is en route from, uh, I believe it was Groves High School The game was at mm-hmm. Groves tonight mm-hmm. And uh, it, was it was featuring, uh, here we go, there we go It was featuring uh, West Bloomfield and Groves We had a big upset, so uh, we're going to talk about that uh, When Scott gets in and uh, get his thoughts on that particular game And uh, do more here over the course of the next half hours So once again, welcome to Extra Points. And we want to welcome, of course, and thank our sponsors uh, who were very generous to be able us to do this live program. And we are live. Uh, That is the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Uh, That is where we go to get all our scores, to get you updated with what's happening in football and all high school sports. So make sure you check it out and check it frequently. Lots of great content at mhsa.com. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. Also, Hungry Howie's famous for flavor uh with state champs once again uh several years now hungry howies has been a big part of what we do here and uh, so if you need a pie if you're hungry i know sean belesian likes the cajun crust what's your favorite there matt uh what's
1: one of the garlic favorite? ones right. uh, probably garlic parmesan I, I love that one. one. Yeah, yeah
0: garlic parmesan is dope yeah. kevin what about you uh
1: garlic parm okay garlic parm. there sure. you go
0: so uh check out hungry howies and support them as they support uh state champs and uh, i do want to thank also uh we'll be running the uh, recruit report uh, later uh, in this uh, show and um, my student aid is a sponsor of that as well so Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for checking this out. David Bodine's in the other room. He is monitoring the comments. So if you're watching this on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, on Twitter Live, he'll be monitoring that. We're going to have a comment of the week at the end of the show. So first off, what we want to do is get into Week 2 results. It is Week 2 of the football season already. And uh, let me give you some scores and key games from the top 25. Let's start there. As I mentioned, right off the top, Birmingham Groves. Our number 11 team took on number one, West Bloomfield, beats them tonight 24 to 17. We'll talk about that later. Number two, Belleville took on Livonia Churchill. Belleville wins 35 14. Big matchup. Our main event of the week, Muskegon and King. Muskegon number three who might not be for much longer. Mm-hmm. Muskegon, number three, number nine, Detroit King, and it's Muskegon. Another big win. They defeat another defending state champ. Two weeks in a row, 41-18 to the final in that one. Chippewa Valley, our number four squad. The Big Reds all over Roseville, 54-6. Toledo-Whitmer takes care of Detroit Catholic Central, we have Catholic Central ranked five. Toledo Whitmer probably a good team, good historically Granted. a good yes. program yes. in, in uh, Toledo, Ohio. They win fourteen to seven. They beat the Shamrocks. Muskegon Motor Shores, our six squad, beats up on Bay City Central forty-three to six. Number seven Dewitt loses to Portland tonight. Not Portland twenty-nine to twenty-seven winners in that. So number seven Dewitt goes down. Oak Park, our eight squad, fifty-three to nothing over Rochester. It is Lake. Orion beating Southfield A&T. So A&T defeats Clarkston yeah. and then uh cannot do it on the road at Lake Warren, 37 to 7. That bubble bursts it's fast. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, it does. Uh it was South Lion, number 12 over Trenton today. A close one, 29-21. I'm gonna jump to number 15, Mount Pleasant. They took on Grand Rapids, Kennel Hills. They win thirty-eight to eight, very easily. The game I was at, number sixteen, Livonia Franklin, uh, pretty much took care of Dearborn. We had a lot of special teams uh, scoring in that particular game, forty-two to twenty, the final. Number seventeen, Rockford over Lowell, twenty-four to seven. Number eighteen, Brighton over Novi, twenty-eight to twenty. Clarkston gets back on the winning stick. Number nineteen is where we currently have them ranked. They beat Bloomfield Hills, fifty-one to seven. It was Dearborn Fortson all. All over Wayne Memorial, 60 to nothing. The final in that one, it was Midland, number 22 in our ranks over Flint Carmen Ainsworth, 45 to nothing. Granville beats our number 23 team, East Lansing, tonight, 59 to 20. So, Granville back on the map. And it was uh, number twenty-four, Davison over Bay City Western, sixty-nine to
1: thirteen. Let me run quickly. Oh, go ahead. Another one to throw in there, uh, Port Huron Northern, the number twenty-one team, lost to a Romeo team that oh, we talked him. early in the season about how beat up they were last year, yeah. and now that they're healthy, thirty-seven to six, Romeo wins at, at home against Port Huron Northern. That's a that's big a, win. That's a Northern squad that's got. That's got a lot of players.
0: Yeah, it does. So, uh, yeah, good on good on Romeo. Let me give you some other key games that we had listed, just to give you some other quick scores uh, before we get Matt's thoughts on some of this. Uh, Ithaca and Millington went at it. It was Ithaca sixteen nothing winners. It was Zealand West beating Grand Rapids Christian forty eight to twenty seven. It was Holt. Just edging by Hudsonville, 22-21. Up in the UP, Iron Mountain takes care of Ishpeming-Westwood, 42-22 the final. It was Notre Dame Prep and Muskegon Catholic Central getting together. Same score, 42-22. Notre Dame prep the winners in that one. Uh, Jackson Lumen Christie beats Parma Western 22-7. It was Rochester Adams at home, 31-7 winners over Oxford. And it was Clinton over Blissfield, 45-13. Berrien Springs went to Constantine and wins 26-21. And in a battle of the Downriver Schools, it was Woodhaven, 37-22 over Gibraltar Carlson. So, talk about the game you were at tonight and any other comments you'd like to make on these results.
1: Well, first off, I think we're seeing some teams that last year, just just looking at their records, a Granville team that, Played arguably the toughest schedule in the state last year uh, and they did not uh, make the playoffs, right. but that was still a good team. And we talked about yeah, that last year. Yeah, we did year. talk about that last year. Similarly, you know, Romeo obviously a little beat up, but that was not a bad team. Right. It was just a beat up team last year. And we're seeing some of those teams that probably got a little overlooked in the preseason this year because you just looked at the records last year and thought, eh, you know. So we're, we're kind of seeing some readjustments in, in where we're going to have to rank some people because Lake Orion's going to have to be in the rankings because they've got wins over yeah. Lapeer and Southfield A and T, both big. of whom were ranked. That's right. Granville's going to have to be in the rankings. You know, Romeo's going to have to be in the rankings. So we're going to see we're going to see these rankings continue to evolve for the next couple of weeks. I know, just uh, looking at just seeing some of the the Millington kids in the off season, I think they kind of wanted a little credit for how early they had ended Ithaca's season in the postseason last year, because right. that was the first time Ithaca had gone out that early in eons yeah and Ithaca probably remembered that very very well and uh, they got a little payback uh, Grand Rapids Christian team I know coach Don Fellas told us in the offseason he thought this was as good as the as the title year and they're they're 0-2 now after two really tough losses to really good teams so that's another team that that probably is better than its record at this point point. And then you saw we talked about Lake Orion beating Lapeer first week of the season at Lapeer. Lapeer turns around and knocks and uh, Midland Dow uh, forty-three to six today. So it, we're going to see some some constant evolution. I was at uh, Warren Michigan Collegiate, played uh, Flint Beecher today, and uh, obviously Beecher has got a, an exceptional athlete, exceptional wide receiver uh, out on on the perimeter in Ernest Sanders. They just couldn't give him the ball. They only got him a couple of touches in the offensive game. They they even tried to run Wildcat a little bit, but uh, eight turnovers in the game will really do that to you. And and Michigan Collegiate just kind of. Uh, put the clamps on defensively, ended up being 30-6. to If that Michigan collegiate defense plays that way throughout the playoffs, that's a team that's got a shot to go somewhere. Now, it was not a game that had a whole lot of passing game completions. I believe there were three total in the game between the two squads, but uh, that, that's a very good Michigan collegiate run, run game and a very good defense, and if they play that way, and I, I still think that Flint Beecher team, if they get some things ironed out, they've got the Sanders brothers, Jacob Kobe at a quarterback, throwing to his older brother, Ernest, who's going to Kentucky, and um, He's a legit threat. I mean, if you could tell every time he did get his hands on the ball, the Michigan collegiate uh, people had, they were trying to swarm him as much as they possibly could, but uh, they just they just could not get enough touches for him. Interestingly enough, uh, Courtney Hawkins, the old Michigan State wide receiver, is the uh, coach and AD at Flynn Beecher and still looks like he could suit up. He's, uh, he, he was definitely not happy at the, after the game. He knew they had some things to work on, but uh, that's a team that, that still is dangerous. Up in that Flint area,
0: absolutely. I was at uh, Livonia, Franklin, and Dearborn tonight. Uh, we, again, we have uh, Franklin ranked in the top twenty, okay. and uh, again, Franklin was a team that looked very good today. Dearborn uh, came out really had a hard time moving the ball. They, um, you know, Franklin had played well. The, the real story, though, was uh, Franklin has a ninety-yard interception return for a touchdown. Uh, they also had a blocked punt. That went for a touchdown, and then on the other side it was Dearborn who, uh, after uh, falling down by, you know, I think they were falling down by almost, I think it was four scores. It was at least three. They run one back about eighty yards for, uh, for a touchdown themselves. Uh, but Franklin was good, you mm-hmm. know. They, 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 it was well played. Uh, you know, a disciplined team. I think uh, Coach kelbert has got those guys, um, you know, ready to go. He said afterwards, you know, we got a lot of work to do. Sure, but you know, you beat a good team this week, and you beat a good. Uh, you know team uh that beat canton last week, you know mm-hmm. so they were talking about uh, you know just the fact that um you know they feel that uh, uh, they're in a good division that's uh, that's as competitive as any
1: well yeah that, that is a tough division and coach Culbert talked in the off season at the kLA media days about starting fast yeah. and being not just to the game but also to the season because they kind of got behind the eight ball last year and then they had a couple of winnable games if you remember they had Fortson on the ropes last year in the fourth quarter and had a couple of big screen passes that Fortson hit to really break that game open and it was it was kind of Franklin's last gasp chance to get back in that race last year and they had it you know right at the end and so it was it was kind of starting fast and closing out games were the the keywords for for Franklin this year and a 2-0 start is obviously where they want to be
0: Right. Obviously, when uh, Scott Bernstein gets to us, we'll talk about that Groves upset win over West Bloomfield Mm -hmm. tonight. So number one goes down in week two. That's obviously going to do some... uh a little shaken up here at the, yeah. at the top of our rankings. Uh, we see some of the comments that you guys are making here uh, on Extra Point. Fenton beats Monroe tonight 38-7. to uh, Somebody was asking, anyone know what uh, Wald Lake Western did? This is on the Facebook I don't have the Wald Lake Western score, but Can look it uh, up. Matt will look um... it up. Traverse City Central beat Marquette tonight 37-20, to so good on them. Uh, Davison had 42 points in the first quarter in their matchup, so uh, that... thanks for the comments, guys. We, we appreciate those. Uh, Sterling Hyde-Stevenson on the YouTube channel is is, is 2-1-0, so we're getting there, Uh, and um, uh, just again, how you guys uh, you know, jumping in and, and commenting and everything and uh, oh, Wall Lake Western won 55-21, okay. I could see that so yeah. uh, sorry right, so good conversation happening in the chat, what we're going to do right now is uh, while we wait for Scott we are going to take our first quick break but we're going to run uh, an MHSAA minute for you uh, and it is uh, regarding rule changes I believe so uh, let's go ahead and run that now and we will be back in just a few minutes, please stay with us
2: Today, let's take a look at a couple of football rules changes for the coming season. Among our football rules changes for this year are two which involve player safety. The foul for tripping has been expanded to include a trip on the ball carrier. Intentionally tripping any player on the field using the lower leg or foot to obstruct an opponent below the knees will result in a 15-yard penalty. And, the definition of a Horse Collar Tackle has been expanded to include bringing down a runner backwards or sideward by grabbing the nameplate area of the back of the jersey, or the inside neck area of the jersey or shoulder pad. The penalty for a Horse Collar Tackle is 15 yards. To learn more about football rules and football rules changes, please visit the MHSAA website. You do know you want a contest to contest and spend a whole day with me, right? Mm hmm. And you just want to sit here and eat this delicious pizza? We could do other things. Mm. 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 A little help. Mm. That was the best
0: day ever! Some people will do anything for flavor. Now get a meal deal to fit any budget at the home of Flavored Trust. Hungry? Howie.
3: I chose Lawrence Tech for the architecture program and volleyball team. Architecture is a great fit for me because I love math and design. Now I combine them with technology to create beautiful structures. At Lawrence Tech, I didn't have to wait until my third year to start designing. Our hands-on education begins right from day one. And I'm really excited about LTU's design center in Detroit. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare.
0: true from 24 7 sports with this week's state champs recruit report brought to you by my student aid with it being past september 1st now colleges can contact juniors at a more frequent rate that's produced an offer for one of the state of michigan's top class of 2021 prospects and macomb dakota's dj stepney six foot 185 pound running back and safety he's being recruited by schools on both sides of the ball Temple was the latest school to offer. They offered him as soon as colleges could contact players on September first. Jonathan Tillman, defensive back from Brother Rice, a six foot two hundred ninety pound senior, was offered by Northern Michigan. Other schools have begun to make contact and are showing him interest. With his size and ability, Tillman could pick up more offers during the season. For this week's recruit report, I'm Alan True. The recruit report is brought to you by My Student Aid, Michigan's go-to resource for student financial aid. Go to michigan.gov/miStudentAid for more information. Hey guys, make sure you check out State Champs High School Sports Show every Sunday at uh, nine a.m. and uh, it is um, our seventeenth season, I believe, of this show. Uh, I mean, 17th year of the show, we actually, the seasons kind of overlap, so really technically we're in season 24. Uh, But uh, we've been doing it a long time And I hope you enjoy it We'll have lots of football highlights on this week Of course other sports highlights as well We're not just a football show This is just a football show But what we do with State Champs is uh, celebrate all sports So check it out on Fox Sports Detroit This Sunday at 9am But again, the most important thing digitally Is to follow State Champs on all our platforms Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram We're live on all of those right now With this very show And uh, we put up exclusive video that you can only see there, extended highlights, longer highlight packages than what you will see on the television version. We're very limited on television, but we can do anything we want in the online sphere. So make sure you follow, like, and subscribe all of our social media channels And please, if you like what you see, share it That's the best way to spread the word That's the best way to keep state champs on the air I'm Lauren Plant, Matt Mowry is here And uh, we're going to get into a segment we call Storylines mm-hmm. And these are just some kind of things that are happening in high school football And uh, first off, um, re- you know, a real tragedy uh, When a season uh has to end before really it begins, and that's what happened at Detroit Douglas.
1: Yeah, and and going into the season, they weren't sure if they had enough players to to be able to field a team, and they they were going to try. They gave it an effort. Uh, Then they ended up having to forfeit in Week 1 and then just finally said, we don't have... Enough uh, enough players. The second year in a row. I think uh, Detroit Delta last year got through five weeks and kind of went okay. We're we're uh, running out of players here, so they had to end up canceling the season. It, interestingly enough, we, we've been talking a lot in the office the last couple of weeks about how there just aren't any there are two i think eight player football teams in southeast michigan i believe they both play uh one of them that plays an independent schedule detroit uh, academy of the americas and uh great name yeah and and the other one uh, the new haven uh um plays in the uh out in one of the thumb leagues and obviously it's a haul for it, them it still is yes Yes, obviously, what you want to be able to do is you want to have enough teams in your area. But it would be interesting to see if there are a couple of those teams, uh, you know, in in the in the southeast Michigan area that are right on the borderline that might consider it over the next couple of years. You know, I know uh, Marine City Cardinal Mooney has bounced down to uh, a player a couple of times, and there are places like Whitmore Lake. I know has had numbers problems uh, more toward Ann Arbor. If you could get enough of those smaller teams, and you're seeing that more and more. In in 2014, there were 31 teams playing eight-player football. Um, There were 49 teams as as recently as two years ago. There are 74 teams this year playing eight-player football. Now, what that does is with 11 new teams – Going into the into the mix, it's going to kind of mix up. You know who's Division One, who's Division Two, and I'm I'm certain no one has a problem with that because you know you want to kind of get that sifted out as as best you can. But it's interesting to see. It's it's no longer. It used to be just kind of the the upper you know reaches of the Lower Peninsula, UP, and out in the Thumb kind of things. And and now we're seeing quite a few teams in Central Michigan. You know you've got uh, Weberville and Morris that won the the D1 title last year in eight player. And you're getting a lot of Southwest Michigan teams with Climax Scots and Colon and, you know, the Magi are now uh, in 8 player. So it's, it's kind of spreading across the state and you're getting a lot of those Class D schools that otherwise would have to have a decision like Douglas did where, you know, you either know that you can't have a season going in or you try to have one and end up having to cancel it.
0: I think it's a great alternative. No shame to the eight-player game. In fact, if you ever go to any of it, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) And uh, for small schools, it's a great way to get out there. The field is is more spread out. You know, obviously, Mm -hmm. less guys mean you got more space. So it becomes a a track meet in a lot of cases, and uh, and that's fun. That's good football. Uh, It still has all the. You know, basic structure of what a football season and what a football uh, game looks like, and there are so many schools now. And we were sharing this on the Dearborn side with some of the guys I was talking to. uh, You know, we should start the hashtag. hashtag, They they should play eight player Mm -hmm. Um, because you know there there there's some schools that just have really low numbers. Um, We know that. I mean, I don't know this, but I believe there may be more of a trend with this next generation of student athletes that uh, enter in a high school with their parents not wanting them to play football. Um, if you're in a situation, maybe eight-man, and you see that, uh, I mean, what that means is basically the numbers will be reduced. Sure. Um, and so it's a great alternative. Uh, and like you said, 74 teams. Uh, I think that we could have a great metro area league. And, uh, and the MHSA fully embraces it. So... Again, we'll see what happens. I think it's something that uh, is a viable option, and why try to start a season when you when you don't even know sure. if you can. So.
1: Well, I know a lot of other states are thinking about looking at the Michigan model, with what Michigan has done with it, and and uh, requesting information from you know the coaches association here to try to see how it works and how to get it started more yeah. or less, and and it could be something that that isn't just limited to the certain pockets that of yes. states that have it now. Sure. This could be a nationwide thing.
0: Yeah, we've actually been conversations with Indiana trying to organize an all-star game, and they said they want to embrace eight-man, or eight-player, I should say. So uh, that'll be coming up real quick. A um, couple more topics. Uh, streakers met in week one.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> a Terrible uh, headline. Uh, right, right. Uh, Ithaca was uh, the team that we remember from a couple of seasons ago that, that was challenging the all-time Consecutive win streak that was held by Hudson. Uh, they came up, I believe, three short uh, in the end when when they ended up losing in the in the championship game. And those two programs, I believe, had never met until they met in week one. So it was just kind of cool to see those Hudsons. I believe uh, streak was back in the uh, 70s. Um and I think they had one title out of the whole thing. Uh and Ithaca ended up with uh with a handful of titles. So that was kinda cool.
0: Yeah. All right. Scott Bernstein has just joined us, ladies and gentlemen. And uh real because we uh we just have some limited time here, give us a, a quick kind of just consensus of what happened between Groves and West Bloomfield. Number one, West Bloomfield goes down. Yeah, it was a nutty game. Um Ten points in about six seconds in the final 90
4: seconds. Two muff punts in the last minute. Uh, it looked like it was headed to overtime. It looked like West Bloomfield had had pulled victory from the jaws of defeat. They were down 17-7 with a minute and a half to go. They tied it up at 17-17. Um, it looked like they were getting the ball back with about 30 seconds or uh, 45 seconds to go for a potential game-winning uh, drive. And it appeared that uh, they were going to let the ball Roll and I think Donovan Edwards thought it hit his foot when it really didn't hit his foot. So then he jumps on the ball and it squirts loose. And then the next thing you know, Groves is recovering at the West Bloomfield like 20. Um, Game winning touchdown pass from Marcus Alexander to Eli Turner with about 25 seconds left and then and West Point football, couldn't get downfield in, uh, in in 20 seconds.
0: So there you go. Down they go. All right, guys, we're going to take a break here in just a second. Uh, we've got a, uh, a very special uh, guest that is going to be joining us uh, today, and so we'll be talking some Lansing area football. So that's coming up in just a second. I do want to let you know uh, from the MHSA Health and Safety page, have you heard the news? Studies of high school football players from 50 to 60 uh, years ago uh, did not, I repeat, not show an in increased risk of neurological disorders compared to their non-playing classmates and the game now is a lot safer than it was then high school sports including football has never been safer and sports participation is a good part of a young person's overall education learn more at the health and safety page of the mhsa website this is a message from the michigan high school athletic association promoting the value and values of educational athletics we'll be right back
2: You want know, you a contest to spend a whole day with me, right? Mm-hmm. And you just want to sit here and eat this delicious pizza? We could do other things. A
0: little help. It mm. was the best day ever! Some people will do anything for flavor. Now get a meal deal to fit any budget at the home of Flavored Trust. Hungry? How? How?
3: I chose Lawrence Tech for the architecture program and volleyball team. Architecture is a great fit for me because I love math and design. Now I combine them with technology to create beautiful structures. At Lawrence Tech, I didn't have to wait until my third year to start designing. Our hands-on education begins right from day one. And I'm really excited about LTU's design center in Detroit. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare.
0: Hey guys, welcome back. Final minutes of Extra Point live here in week two of the football season. And right now we want to welcome our special guest who is calling in from the Lansing State Journal tonight. We want to uh, welcome Brian Calloway who was covering uh, DeWitt in Portland tonight. We want to make sure we try and represent the uh, entire state. So uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us for a few minutes. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, good, good. So, uh, you know, we had DeWitt ranked number 7 uh, going into this week in our Top 25, and it was Portland uh, who got the best of them by a couple, 29-27. Tell us about the game.
5: Yeah, it really was a, a safety to make a difference in this game, a safety early in the game that was the, turned out to be the final margin. But, you know, Portland just... Uh, you know, played a re- uh, remarkable game on their home field, was able to to make the necessary plays that they needed, and also got a late stop uh, defensively with just over a minute left when the De- uh, DeWitt was trying to drive and uh, you know try to go ahead for a go-ahead score there, and Portland was able to get a stop, but in a game like this, Portland was able to force a couple of turnovers. They had a pair of interceptions by Gavin McGregor. They got the safety early there in, in the first half as well too, so there's a few different big plays that Portland was able to make. It really helped them give them the edge. And they also returned a touchdown, uh, a return to a kickoff for a touchdown as well, too. And the third quarter, after, uh, at the Witt touchdown, they cut the, they cut the deficit to, to three as well, too. So that was a, another huge moment in the game for uh, Portland as well.
0: Well, and again, um, Portland uh, coming off a f- phenomenal year last year, the Red Raiders got, of course, all the way to the state championship game uh, before they fell to uh, Hudsonville Unity Christian. And uh, I think it was it was such a shock when we were at the finals that you know for Unity Christian to do what they did, they had kind of been riding this Cinderella wave the whole year. Right. Uh, and Matt, I mean, you know, you could come, but we were kind of stunned. So I, I wouldn't be surprised that Portland is really out to kind of uh, show everyone that uh, w- whatever happened just. Was was uh,
1: a a blip well yeah and Brian you and I were standing on the sidelines next to each other quite a bit in that game and and to see that running game that had been so good for Portland all year long get stifled that way how much do you think that the way that last year ended has been a motivator for Portland in the way they've started this year
5: well, you know, last year was really one of those special seasons for Portland, you know, only the second time in school history that, you know, they had really made a run that, that was that deep, and they lost a lot of key pieces from that that team. You look at a guy kind of like Jacob Ville, who was an offensive player of the year in the Lansing area, and there's several other guys, and, you know, after the game, you know, Coach John Navarro had really talked about this team. I mean, this is a team that's young. It still has a lot of growing to do, but, you know what they've done the first two weeks of the season here. You look at last week; they got a thirty-five-zero win over Ovidelci, mm-hmm. and then to, to you know knock off a DeWitt program that it had had a pretty good season last year as well too. Getting to the state semifinals and losing to Detroit King there in Division Three. I mean, I mean it's quite the impressive start for uh, you know John Navarro and his program, and you know he's he's done a really good job with this Portland program and and kind of building it up and guiding them to the success that they have. And I think this is a you know there's a group of younger players that are kind of here to make their own marks in the program as well too and continue on the success that you know was established last year with that deep run that they made
0: sure we're talking with Brian Calloway from the Lansing State Journal he was covering the DeWitt and Portland game tonight and uh, you know one other thing uh, speaking of the Lansing area since we another team that i'm always uh, keeping an eye on of course that is uh, Lansing Catholic yeah. and uh, Lansing Catholic Central is one of those teams that uh, we've seen uh, you know do do great over tony, the last to tony Pol danny yes yeah. exactly we love that he was a mr football candidate they lost to portland mm-hmm. uh in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year in, in the districts um uh you know what are your thoughts on you know maybe lansing catholic and maybe also some other lansing area teams that we need to keep our eyes on this year yeah
5: you know lansing catholic is an intriguing team
0: and under coach Jim hearn over the last decade i mean They've
5: really done well. I mean, had a nice streak of playoff appearances, and they've had a lot of quarterbacks that have put up big numbers. You talk about Tony Poljan. You look at Cooper Rush before him. Oh, in the, yeah. In the NFL, you know, started Central Michigan, and the NFL backing up at quarterback for the, the Dallas Cowboys as well, too. And, That's right. You know, for, for Portland, I mean, they, Lacey, Portland and Lacey Kaffick are always the top two teams in the CAAC White Division as well, too, and the team's going head-to-head against each other as well, too. So, I mean, those two teams, definitely, they're always right there in Division 5, and they always seem to run into each other in the playoffs. Obviously, Paloma, Westphalia, you know, Steve Paloma, they've been able to do, I mean, they're they're an impressive team, and obviously a team that got off to a great start, knocking off Reading and opening week. You know, just the Wick team is a program that's always been there as well, too, in the Lansing area, and obviously a tough loss for them tonight, but they're a team that's reloading, and I expect them to, to be pretty good as well, too, and Maybe a dark horse team, I would say, is a Holt. I mean, they uh, okay. knocked off Caledonia last week, but then uh, went on the road to beat Hudsonville tonight, and that's, that's a pretty decent win for a program that has a rich history, but you know, has kind of struggled in some recent years here.
0: Cool. Hey, Brian, we thank you so much for giving us a couple of minutes here tonight to talk about uh, uh, Lansing football. And we'll, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. How about that? We'll get caught up. That sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Thanks, Brian. Brian Calloway from the Lansing State Journal. And we're just coming down to the last uh, minutes here on uh, State Champs Extra Point uh, live. And uh, But real quick, um, I want to get uh, just some thoughts on anything week three that uh, we're looking forward to here, Matt.
1: Well, there are going to be some key games. I know uh, just looking ahead, that OAA Red is it's turning into one of those classic OAA Red kind of things. You're going to have 2-0 and Lake Orion against 2-0 and Rochester Adams. You're going to have West Bloomfield and Southfield A&T hooking up in two teams that are all of a sudden looking to bounce back from uh, losses we yeah. didn't necessarily and in that think game, they might have. And in
4: that game you have... Uh, West former backup quarterback and Anthony Romph mm-hmm. returning yep. to the swamp uh, to play uh, his former JV quarterback, uh, C.J. Right. Harris. Well, technically so, he
1: played there the right. other day when he played against Clarkston. Oh, right, right. that's yeah. true, yeah. Yes. yeah.
4: But it's interesting to think yes. that that 2017 uh, West team that went to the uh, finals and lost that strange 3-2 game to Clarkston, they had three Division I uh, quarterbacks in that quarterback room between C.J. Harris and uh, Bryce Weasley, who's now at uh, Bowling Green, and Anthony Romp who was the backup.
1: We're going to have uh, some, uh, especially on the west side. There are some key matchups too. In Grand Rapids Catholic Central at Zeeland East, Zeeland East was the opponent that Douglas would have played this week, so they okay. kind of had a week off to uh, to continue preparing. There's going to be Swartz Creek at Fenton, which is a, a always a key matchup in the uh, Flint Metro League and then uh, East Grand Rapids Muskegon is going to be uh, East Grand Rapids I believe is 2 and 0 and Muskegon Muskegon's is Muskegon's
4: just cruising right yes. now. They just you know went through two of the best teams in the state like a uh, hot knife through butter in those first two weeks of the season.
0: All right, guys, so that's a little preview for what's going to happen in uh, Week 3. I do want to tell you uh, that uh, we have a comment of the week, and so what we do is kind of scrub uh, what uh, took place uh, tonight and some of the conversation we had. Caleb Schaefer said, My boys from Breckenridge, blow by Muskegon Heights Academy, 49 nothing. We aren't the team we were last year, but I've got high hopes.
1: Yeah, that, that Breckenridge team had to reload after going all the way to the uh, finals in D8 last year. But uh, and that's uh, was such a good story because that had been a program that had been so dormant it, it, for it so long. Basement yeah. dweller. dweller. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So that's one. Uh, Lars Bolson says, go Muskegon Big Reds for another great victory and knocking a overrated team <laughs> off two weeks in a row. Uh, well, that's, uh, hey, King's scoreboard talks
4: Kings. Yeah. right now. Yeah. So,
0: uh, you know, go ahead.
4: I was going to say, you know, King. You know, if it's uh, you won a state championship three of the last four years, uh, you're never overrated. (laughs) Exactly. De La Salle won a state championship the last two years in a row. The defending Division Two state championship, two uh, last uh, two straight Catholic League
0: titles. It's all right. you know, Mus- I don't care what
4: your roster says, yeah. you're not overrated.
0: M- Muskegon now wanted to get past King after losing in the state finals. You so. know who
4: might be overrated? A&T. Yes.
0: <laughs> Again.
1: <laughs> well, that's what we said before yes, we got here. I that know. bubble burst real yeah, fast with them. And, and looking down the road, that Mona Shores-Muskegon... Train, looks like those two are heading right at each other again.
0: And also uh, on Facebook, Caleb Schaefer said that DeWitt game was a nail-biter for sure. It was. Scott Wardell said, Lake Orion looking good this year so far, and they are the biggest surprise to begin the year. Are they, boys? The the
4: Manzo brothers and Blaze Lauer at at quarterback is one of those uh, small, shifty. He can beat you with his arms, but he definitely can beat you with his feet. Um, Just very elusive and has been a quarterback there going on his third year, leading that offense, looking really good. Yeah. Um, I know Isaac is another uh, linebacker that's really good, but Kobe Manzo, in terms of a, a two-way player, uh, just you know a, a powerhouse personified. Whether he's running the ball in between the tackles as a running back, fullback, kind of power back, or whether he's a linebacker just going sideline to sideline like a maniac.
0: All right, when and finally, yep, and finally on YouTube, Shoeby Dooby says, uh, "Talk about Portland's win over Dewitt. We did." Yeah. When there we uh, we took it from the source So that's it, thank you for your comments uh, Make sure you tune in every week here on uh, Michigan Extra Point Live uh, We want to talk about uh, high school football with you The comments is the way to do that uh, We only have a half hour to get this thing done So uh, we are going to check out now For Scott and Matt, I'm Lauren. Make sure you check out State Champs again Sunday at 9am Fox Sports Detroit Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube IGTV, Instagram, all that stuff. Share our content. Uh, We're going to be bringing it to you all season long. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week.